Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, welcome back to Women in Music with me, Millie Cotton. In this episode, I sat down with my good mate, Elspeth Murray, who's a publicist at Island Records. Elspeth looks after artists like Post Malone, Sigrid, Ariana Grande, and you know what, loads more. There are so many fantastic people that she gets to connect with on a daily basis. In this episode, we chat about what music publicity is, how she got into it, how we think that digital media has changed her job, and how she creates healthy boundaries within a job that's so social all the time. It was so interesting to sit down with Elspeth, not just because she's my friend, like obviously I know what she does, but it was great to hear about all the detail that like goes into artist development and what good publicity really is all about. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and as for always, if you have any questions, please do find me online. It's at Millie underscore Cotton, and thank you for listening. Hey Elspeth, how are you doing? Hello Millie, I am good, just had a long day at work but I'm here and ready, <laughs> raring to work some more. We do have a glass of wine and dinner on the go. We do, so it's not all bad. <laughs> no. But anyway, let's start with our quick fire round, as oh. per always. So what is the last thing that you listen to? <sighs> Oh god, um, this is really not quick. What is the last thing I listened to? The last thing I listened to was Summer Girl by Haim, their new song. It's a vibe. Favourite dance move? Uh, I did Irish dancing, so I'm going to have to say Irish dancing. Your craziest artist story? <gasps> oh god, I don't know if I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get fired. A low-key one. A low-key artist story. All right. Getting wasted with someone that is maybe one of the biggest artists in the world right now. Oh. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I won't name any names, but... Was you I there? there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. I do know. Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. The first gig that you went to? Avril Lavigne at Hammersmith Apollo. Amazing, that's my favourite one so far. I stayed afterwards and gave her a bracelet. What are you reading at the moment? What am I reading? I just finished Notes to Self by Emily Pine, which was gorgeous, and you just finished it. Yeah, it's so weird that we were reading it on the same day. So I had started it like a month ago, and I read the first maybe a few pages, and I just got, I don't know, I always get a bit sidetracked when I'm reading three things at once because my attention span is crap um but yeah I saw it in your story I was like oh I should probably try and read that again and I read the whole book in like one evening because I was sick and you did as well right I I did too one weekend away in France and yeah it was gorgeous but also incredibly tragic and brutally honest Mm. I couldn't believe what I was reading at points but yeah that's the last book I finished I am reading David Geffen's biography called The Operator who is a music industry mogul, film mogul, and, yeah, it's excellent. What's a song that reminds you of childhood? Well, my mum had a salsa club as I was growing up, so I think any Latin-influenced song, even just Ricky Martin or Feeling Hot, 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 I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Who was the last person that you text? Dan. 
the fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Telling him, look what Millie's got me into now. <laughs> Again, I always put you in terrible situations, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's your most used profanity? Um, fuck. <laughs> you play guitar. What's your favourite song to play on the guitar? Um, Phoebe Bridges is a master. Maybe the other day, I actually haven't picked up my guitar in a year, picked it up and played Steamroller. Gorgeous. Nice. For anyone who doesn't know what a music publicist does, what do you do? What do I do? Mm. So, on a daily basis, my job is to get artists that are signed to Iron Records, where I work, in the media, whether that be magazines, online, broadsheets, and to help build a story around them very much comes from the artists. And my relationships are with all the journalists at these various publications and how best to tell that artist's story at the right time in the campaign. Nice. And who do you look after at the moment? So Sigrid is my main one. Uh, She signed when I started at Island, so I feel like we've very much grown together in our fields, her as an artist, me as a publicist. Um, And then I have a few US artists, Post Malone, who I've worked with for two two years now, Um, and Masego, incredible jazz artist from the States, and then Ray Black, amazing, Um, and Mira May, who's an incredible young rising star. Um, So a mixture of established artists and up and coming artists. And often it's more, I guess, rewarding seeing an artist grow from kind of nothing online to to really finding their voice. I think Post is probably the best example of that, right? Because when we went to his album Listening Do, yeah. which I DJ'd, <laughs> I like to throw that out there a lot, probably a bit too much. Yeah. No one knew who he was, really. Obviously, no. in- Industry Insiders did, but like... Had one track, White Iverson, which blew up uh, from SoundCloud, and I think he signed for Republic Records, and then it came through Ireland, and it very much landed on my desk with like posts coming in he's got a show in London let's do some press so yeah to think from that moment where we did I think a clash interview and a hunger shoot on the streets of Shepherd's Bush him in a massive mink jacket like sitting on a bollard on the road <laughs> to now um and you know he hasn't done much press recently mainly because he doesn't need to um but yeah he's yeah he's an incredible artist because he's a mad character so, yeah. But he's also a household name. It's happened really, really quickly. Yeah, the, the power of streaming services. He's one of the biggest streaming artists in the world and off the back of Rockstar, which he played at that event, plugged in his phone, played it. And I think you all got a sense that that song was going was gonna to blow and it did. So if we rewind a bit, how did you get started? You didn't always like a music PR, did you? No, so me and Millie met on a journalism course we did. at LCC. My dreams were to become a journalist, a writer. I did loads of internships, one at Sunday Times Style, Sunday Times News Desk, and then worked at a magazine called 1883, which was a very niche culture, fashion, music mag, and just really realised how much I loved all the music stuff. Um, so became music editor, 
Granted, I was never paid for my words. I will put that out there. So that I think that's really good of you to share that, though, because it's... <laughs> no, it happens so often, doesn't it? And, and the work you were doing was incredible. Yeah, it was like interviewing Kaiser Chiefs, Haim at one point, um, interviewing massive stars... And I guess now I'm on the other side, It's it still feels the same. You start in music journalism because you love music, because you want to meet artists, because you want to write about them. But something's got to give eventually. And the people that are truly passionate, and I do like take my hats off to them, that stick in it, it's amazing that they do that. And now I'm on the other side of it. I do, you know, if a journalist takes a few days to reply to me, I'm not going to sweat yeah. it because I know how difficult it is. But PR felt like a natural progression after journalism because I had knowledge of the media. And I went to the Great Escape Festival, which is a industry-facing festival, and that, to me, really opened up many doors because I met people that were managers, A&Rs, agents, promoters, didn't even know that those were possible career paths and just thought it sounded fun. Mm. Um, and that's where I met a few people who... Yeah, got me into the industry and started at Inside Out PR. So how would you say, because Inside Out is independent, right? Is yeah. that how you describe it? It's yeah. an independent an PR. boutique PR yeah, agency. agency. Yeah. And so that's very different to Ireland. So Yes. Yeah, it is, because you're very... As a publicist, you are on the periphery. You don't make decisions about the A&R, about the artwork. Um, sometimes you get to oversee the press photos, but yeah, when you're an indie, you're very far removed from all the other stuff that goes on. And I was always fascinated by how an artist really builds at a label. So my interests were further afield than straightforward PR, but my bosses at Inside Out were excellent and taught me everything I knew, and they're very highly regarded within the music industry. Um, and I just felt like it was time for... A, for a change and I'd always wanted to work at a label from I guess I don't know it's one of the I watched the film Almost Famous which is really embarrassing but definitely watched that film and thought I want to live a life like this <laughs> which sounds very romanticised and ridiculous but there are those moments that really spark off the rest of your life and that film was definitely a formative one for me and so when it came to Ireland, did you pick where you wanted to work or did you happily fall um, into it? What I will say is it is a relationships game and I asked around initially to see if there were any jobs going at any labels and once you're in it, it's it's a lot easier to, to move around, I suppose. And I just asked and, you know, I had... The, it's crazy, the timing, and that's why I think it's so serendipitous that I joined Ireland because... It was one publicist that was there had been there for seven years and she was leaving. And at Ireland, there's only two publicists and an uh, intern. So the fact that I had asked that job was going after seven years was, was crazy. But, yeah, I met the head of press, who is an absolute legend, one of the best bosses, mentors you could ask for. He's been at Ireland for many years and had a few interviews with him and we really clicked. Um, and, yeah, took it from there. Nice. So how would you say, this is like totally different, but how would you say that the digital media has changed your job? Digitally, that's completely changed because Discovery is now on Spotify and Apple, really. Like, it's the new music Fridays. 
and blogs have really kind of I don't want to say died because there are still some amazing blogs out there but the the idea of a track premiere now because it has to go on all the business partners at the same time um yeah is pretty void you can still do video premieres and that's still it's still a thing but it's a look basically it's an exclusive look but people are moving away from that and there are just so many less sites willing to do it also the fact that you know when someone writes something on a site you have to show your advertisers that people are clicking on it and it's even harder for new artists trying to break a track because they might not pick your track over others that might get more clicks so it's very difficult and I know again from being a journalist how you know most of these journalists at these blogs have full-time jobs as well so they're doing it in their spare time and doing it for the love of it so I think it's harder but you know did digital is such a huge umbrella there's social media which I you know I help artists build their story but that's very much the digital team that go over that um, and then video video content online that's like a definitely a growing field and I think what I will say is the need for quality content online is just getting bigger and it's just opening like enemy it folded in print yes but digitally they're absolutely booming and they're doing incredible online content so it's changing but it's good because it's moving away from just newsy posts to quality features I suppose yeah so what we were seeing in print is now just going on yeah essentially exactly exactly and then I guess podcasting also fits into that and that's another area yeah definitely how about tv do you find that if you put an artist on like a late night television that that then instantly like it's it's totally artist dependent some artists are incredibly reactive on television and again there's a whole tv team at island who do so you don't you don't have anything to do with that no no No. so there's a tv plugger whose relationships will be with jules um less of the american shows but yeah, the Graham Norton show, Jonathan Ross, but everything feeds into everything, which is what you start to realise. Like you need good press in order to get noticed by the booker at Jonathan Ross. You need good radio, and press is always the kind of foundation bit where you get the incredible quotes. I mean, you still see it on posters on the underground. You've got quotes from all of the various different media outlets. Like that still holds clout. So you need everything to. For something to really take off. At what stage would you say that an artist needs a publicist in their career? Again, I think it's artist dependent. I think sometimes publicists are like the first people on someone's team because that's where they kind of might get a little blog post here or a little ones to watch in the Observer or and that's when you know labels might take note so before so some artists that sign to Ireland actually already have a publicist they might not have a radio plugger or a tv plugger yet but they already have a publicist so I'd say pretty early to be honest um and that's you know that's my job at Ireland as well as an in-house publicist to see the right teams for each artist and to oversee everything with my boss um it's really important so when you start with an artist you almost have to like create their story right how does that process work yeah I say create their story less so it's Mm. kind of find using my skill set to find an angle that I think journalists will find interesting and 
it's very much just a conversation like you and I are having here. Like you sit down with an artist, you talk about what they want to say, um, and any stories with the writing process, like where they're from. Like you just get into a conversation with them, and that's why you know publicists you grow very close to the artists because you spend so much time with them on shoots and interviews um and so with Sigrid for example it was a standing search she didn't have anything online so we had so many meetings four months in advance of Don't Come My Vibe coming out where we really spoke to Sigrid and you know she's such a strong character and she has that incredible pop sensibility but kind of eyes of steel she's 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 two things so she had been in a session which she's spoken about don't come my vibe which the producers in the session had disrespected her and that's what jerked her into writing the song so that was a really important story I thought to to tell the world and it took a while to I guess be comfortable with telling that story but you know, that song is such a force and such a breakout song for her that it was important to tell that story. But then that story not to just define her, because that's the other thing. Like, one thing defining her entire artist career, and it hasn't because she's had so many incredible songs since that song. But, um, yeah, now she speaks about it on stage at every festival this summer. She's openly spoken about that story and said to young women, if you have an opinion, let your opinion come out. And I didn't in that session. How of interest were they men? They were men, yes. And she has <laughs> mentioned they're men, yes. And and it's interesting as well because that song did come out before Me Too started. So it was, you know, there were things bubbling that year. Mm. And then the next year it kind of all came out. And that song, you know, that, that is the PR angle that it did become an anthem for the Me Too movement that year and it became a song of that summer, I think. An underground song, like if you're defining a hit as a top ten, it's not a hit, but it was very it was a very culty song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she's got like a lot of hardcore fans, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're spending so much time with an artist, how does that affect your personal life and how do you set boundaries with artists? You must become super close to them. Yeah. It's, I think, just the music industry in general. It's, you don't, like, where are the boundaries? It's such a social job. You're spending time with artists at gigs, you're with journalists, you're having dinner, you're drinking. It is hard to have those boundaries. And I I love the job because, you know, whenever I go into work, I don't feel like I'm going into work. I feel like I'm going to speak to my friends about music. And I feel very privileged that I'm in that position. Um, but... It's that you have to have a level of professionalism with your artists and they are friends, but you do work for them at the end of the day. So I guess it's just quite intuitive, like knowing when to not go out and get wasted or... And, you know, or when you can like, go out and get wasted. Or when, or when yeah. you can, exactly. And that's, you know, some bands that I get to work with, like a sports team, for example, they're so fun and crazy and such a good time and the best people to have at a party that you want to party with them because that's the whole point they're not taking life or the music too seriously do you remember on the morning of the manchester bombings and did you wake up and think obviously it was an 
absolutely terrible thing to happen. But for you, that is, that's your job to then handle that PR sort of like storm, right? Yeah. So how did it work for you with Ariana Grande? Because you were looking after her. And what were like your first thoughts and first actions on when that happened? Um, Well, I got a few calls from a few journalists actually that night. Mm. And, you know, this, it's such a difficult thing, crisis management, because no one really knows what the right thing to do is in that situation. And I think very much like this had to come from her, had to come from her management. And then, you know, as a label, it has to be... A, a unified message that you're sending out so you know we didn't talk to the media or press when that happened because it wasn't for us to say how she felt and it was very much pointing people in the directions of her social media and her management social media and you know letting that be the story from from her mm. um and again you know it was a horrendous day horrendous week horrendous month it's still it's horrendous yeah um but yeah I think it that had to come from her and there's no kind of thing that any PR could say to to make that okay so yeah it definitely like that was very much from her her management and we just had to pick up the phone and point people in that direction what's been your favorite uh, your favourite, like, artist you've worked on a campaign bar Sigrid, because obviously, like, we love Sigrid. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I could have been here for hours talking about the times I've had with Sigrid. Um, there's been a few. Masego is such an interesting character, and he's an absolute pleasure to work with, and he's got sick style, because, you know, fashion's an area I'm so interested in, and we did... Um, shoot for brick magazine and the styling was just ridiculous and the style it all makes a difference of who's the team on the day if you've got an incredible photographer stylist manager um it's great you just feel i guess you feel the vibe feel the wave and he got his sax out and was playing the sax and it was yeah it was a vibe it was cool and then you have things like yesterday where you're on a farm with pigs (laughs) Yes, yes, I was on a farm in Leicester yesterday with another island band, Easy Life, shooting for a magazine. And that was just really interesting because the lead singer Murray grew up on a farm and no one's ever shot there. And I was like, well, come on, this is a a farm and this is interesting. And yeah, there's a great new magazine called Gaffer, which ties the gap between football and fashion and music which I don't think has been done yet and like that's so football football and fashion and music music, which sounds which sounds complicated but it really isn't because footballers love music musicians love football and fashion just comes into that so (laughs) so um yeah they're all massive Leicester City fans so we did a few shots of some shirts and then the, the stylist just bought some sick clothes and they've all got amazing style. So it was just really fun. And they're building a creative community in Leicester. They've got this amazing studio, which is an old Dunlop factory that they've completely built themselves. It's wow. amazing. It's like this old squat that I used to go to when I was 15 called the <laughs> toilet factory. And it was just like a crazy factory. I can't believe I've just said that, but fuck it. Um, it was a really interesting day. And a lot of your job is hanging out and 
you know having conversations and that's the beauty of it you can't really get bored of that and my boss always says the most amazing artists are artists that you you leave a conversation and you don't want to leave it you want to stay with them for the rest of the day like Mira May is incredible she's she was born in Algeria raised in Tottenham she's got a proper swagger and she's unapologetic about everything but really sensitive like she wears her heart on her sleeve and she's very emotional but just the best company and makes me laugh and yeah she's great so yeah it, it's just the who's on the shoot the vibe yeah. basically and journalists as well some of those journalists are crazy cats so do you think to be a PR you have to be a natural conversationalist and naturally very good around people um do you know what I used to be the shyest person. Like, I wouldn't talk to adults when I was younger. I was incredibly shy, and it didn't... It wasn't until the second year of uni where I got a job as a waitress and had to go and talk to people at tables, and I was terrified. And from that moment, my confidence built. But I wouldn't... I guess I wouldn't say that's, like, a natural skill, but then loads of people say about me, like, no, you're just easy to talk to. Maybe I'm just quite laid back, but... I suppose that is part of the skill set because you are just having conversations, but also, you know, writing is still one of my first loves and it's about getting that pitch right and writing like an eloquent email that a journalist is going to want to get to the bottom of the email and read it. So there's like the writing face of it and then there's the meeting up before a gig and having dinner together. (laughs) Going back to pitches, I'm always amazed that... You have artists where you've written so many pictures for them because I get them in my inbox and I read them and I'm like, fuck, she's done it again. Like, how? <laughs> as in... <laughs> no, as in it's, it's always so different. So, somehow you've managed to spin something else or you've yeah. managed to turn a song into this magical story and I'm like... Oh, that really? Is, no, but it's such I'm a talent. you on my mailing list. I always go through it and I see your name and I think... Is this press release good enough to send to Millie? Oh my god, no! Um, I literally I read them and I'm like, I can't imagine being able to do that because it's such a skill. It, I, I suppose it is a skill, definitely, and yeah, and that's just from my writing degree, to be honest, and knowing. You know, Hang on one second, to... I'm going to interrupt you. It's not from our writing degree. Okay, <laughs> maybe it's nothing not. to do with just, our writing. Okay, degree. I just remember one class where it was telling us how to structure a new story, and you know, the most important thing is in the introduction, and that's where all your information is, and then you elaborate further down. Yeah. So that is how I look at a press release, but then it's also adapting to the type of artist that you work with, like flight an incredible band I work with are like amazing lyricists all of their lyrics are very entrenched in literature so I try to be a bit more flowery with their press releases and make them a bit nicer whereas another artist or like a big American artist you know that's very much like objective facts these are the facts Mm. rather than like listen to this sultry I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I'm anyway, your anyway. boundless <laughs> language, you know, <laughs> impresses me non-stop, constantly. Would you say that you find working at a major label that there are predominantly more men than women? So I think at the company I work at, it is very... It is, 
I think it is very 50-50, but then the difference is, and I was talking to someone about this today, is the drop-off of of women at senior levels. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why that is. I think probably having a child is something to do with that, but, you know, Ireland promoted two women to be MDs who both just had kids, and they're... And, and it's crazy, it's, it's amazing. So, and, and the head of legal at Ireland is a woman, the head of finance is a woman. So they're definitely like, I don't feel when I'm at Ireland that I am the only woman in a room. I feel like I am represented. It's an incredibly diverse workforce um, and people from all sorts of different backgrounds as well. But I know that Ireland is, is a special place and there is a vibe and people that work there know that. And there is people that are just a little bit more crazy and <laughs> that I think are drawn to that label. But, um, yeah, I, you know, women, women in music are underrepresented, like many fields, fashion, design. There are a lot of women in entry-level jobs, mm. but it's getting, getting to those top-level jobs um, like I've been to a few talks like um, our MD she does she has a women in music forum I think there's like 200 women in it mm. and they did a few they did one talk at Google um, and it was like the, it was about the gender pay gap and another talk about maternity leave and you do feel this sense of unity and I do think music the music industry is better for that than other industries of women supporting women because that's a whole different thing um, like they have this amazing community called She Says So, which is just literally a Google Forms page where every day you get an update and it's women talking to women in the industry. Yeah, and if I, anyone's interested, actually, they should join it because it's so interesting. I think you yeah. mentioned an event and then I joined it and it's just been the most interesting experience getting all of these different opinions from different women across the world. And what a, like, a wonderful thing to be able yeah, to do. Completely. Like I think as an industry, music is is good at that um, and I don't necessarily think from me looking outside at other industries that they're as supportive and I mean just just from this like me and two friends started Her Hustle which is to try and demystify jobs in the creative industries and to get young women through the door listening to women that are very established in their careers or like at mid-level um, and that's really important to us because I never had that when I was coming into the industry but also I wasn't I don't know if it's because everywhere in the media it's all about female empowerment at the moment but I wasn't as aware that of of what being a woman was when I was 17 18 19 going into journalism like I never thought this is going to be so much harder because I'm a woman which is weird I try to think back to me at that age, and maybe because we're so aware of it now, we think more about it, maybe? Yeah, I honestly think it's a lot to do with the internet as well. Yeah. We're so lucky that we have this resource where we can talk to other women and share our experiences and to hear about other people's experiences. Um, Completely. Like, so many features, and, like, even the book we were talking about, Notes to Self, like, that is all about how shit it is being a woman or how amazing it is being a woman that um Florence piece on Vogue the other day about the artistry and her you know working to death and artists needing to be these hedonistic characters and actually it's just killing the art and like that's like female voices are way more 
exposed out there, like Mm. you say, on the internet. So, yeah, it's it's all positive. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. What advice do you have for any young women who want to go into publicity and music? If you want to go into publicity, I would suggest you have to have a love of writing. So maybe start a, a weekly diary or newsletter every week about your favourite artist or a song you've heard. And I do think you can find an audience for anything. I think that's a good thing just to have intent to write and intent to do something because everything is so instant and digital and you might have a great Spotify playlist, but are you really reflecting on it? I think that would be good. Um, And then I think just legitimately emailing people that you might have seen on LinkedIn or like I'm always flattered if I get an email from someone saying like I've heard about your work and it would be great to meet you for coffee like I'm 27 been working in music for five years and I still don't feel like a professional and I am but I don't feel like one so I would never think, oh, God, this person's... I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so honoured. Thanks. I do wonder whether we will ever feel like professionals. I mean, we had this very brief conversation about imposter syndrome, and it's, like, another thing for another podcast. But, yeah, uh, who knows? I don't... don't (laughs) You are a professional. I am a professional. That feels weird to say that out loud. Maybe we should have mantras. We say it to each other every day. We'll say it to ourselves every day. What does a professional even mean? Like, no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's winging it. Yeah, well, to a certain extent. To a certain extent, unless you're, like... You know, you don't study to be a publicist. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not saving lives, but music can I guess save lives in the sense 100% music you can... is a great communicator mm-hmm. the uh, universal language yes yeah is that why universal is called universal probably <laughs> anyway thank you so much that was so thank interesting I'm so happy me. to have had you on and let's go and eat some food yeah um and thank and you for listening wine. and drink some wine definitely <laughs>